Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. If you will, welcome in, everybody. It is Tuesday morning, November 16th, which means it is time for another episode of Broncos for Breakfast. And I am joined by, as always, my good friend and co-host, Scott Kennedy. Scott, how you doing? Happy uh, happy week 11. We got here. Yeah, it's uh, it's going fast, isn't it? It feels like we're still trying to get people healthy and get things right and ups and downs. And all of a sudden, it's it's week 11. And I don't know. I'm sorry. I was thinking about it as we're getting ready for the show. And it almost feels to me like with a 17-game uh, season, it almost feels more like baseball, kind of, you know, where... You take a little bit of the onus off of each game week to week, and there's going to be some strange outcomes. And every once in a while, guys kind of just check out. Maybe this was the checkout week because there were some crazy scores this last week, not just not just Denver Broncos, but across the league. Yeah, no, really. I mean, this has been it has been a week to week league all year. I don't know if it's coming the first normal offseason coming off of what's going on in the world. Is it the shortened practice time? I don't know. But week to week, I mean, I don't trust any of these teams. You know, you have the <laughs> the Bills one week losing six to nine to the Jags and the next week putting 200,000 points on the Jets. You know, the Mike White experiment <laughs> comes to a screeching halt. So uh, it's crazy football week, but that's why we love it. And that's hey. That's good for the Broncos. It means they're right still in the thick of things. I mean, just on paper, we'll say we'll see how it plays out. But, uh, you, you know, if the defense catches fire and uh, things can happen. But uh, we got Tony in the house but talking about some still believing in the Broncos with the hearts. Um, Tony also brought it up to Scott here about the Von Miller and the thumbnail. Hopefully that'll get uh, on the move on here. But uh, Von is still a Bronco in our hearts, despite him getting tattooed last night by a uh, Iowa Hawkeye great George Kittle in the run game. But, you know, that's going to happen. George will do that to some kids. U.S. Dave's in here seeing even tougher to see Teddy in the picture. You know, Teddy faced the music yesterday, and we'll be getting into that. Jay's in the house, says, good morning, everyone. Um, yeah, Jay's hating on the picture, too. Jay, it hurts. That hurts. Greetings from Alberta. Dang, windy and cold up here. My cousin works in Alberta in the summertime. He is a meteorologist. Beautiful country up there. I need to get back up to Banff and Jasper. Dave's in the house. Thank you. Good to see you, Dave. Appreciate the stars on Facebook, Dave. So Dave's double dipping for us, hitting the like on both sides. Only two likes on Facebook so far. I see 20 of you in here. I'm going to hit that like button right now. There's mine. Yeah. Okay, so hit that <laughs> like button There's there's it, as you're ramping up here. Yeah, and Jay says, Nick feels more like the brother that screws with you. I definitely have uh, my dad's energy. I don't know if you've seen those Geico commercials where like they have the people that are like turning into their parents. I need to go to that therapy because like I, I can't stop talking about the weather and you're just like that kind of thing. Like it's, it's happening. Dave with the stars. It's, Thank you so much, it's a Dave. Brilliant campaign. I hope they don't overdo it. Listen up Broncos country. Tick pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick pick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the huddle up podcast and 
the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Yeah, yeah I Because I still enjoy them, but it's like, and Geico does a pretty good job about moving, you know, changing up their different yeah. uh, different campaigns. So hopefully they won't ruin that one. Yeah, no, that, that one unfortunately hits too close to home. Um, we had Tommy Simmons in the house saying I had to take a safe, uh, take a safety break from MHH following the Eagles game. Tommy, I do not believe, I do not blame you. Um, and he also says, I feel safe now. Well, let's uh, let's make let's get you back in the danger zone here tonight. Um, this morning, we got Juan Gonzalez. Good morning, boys. Question for you both now. What would be your top prospects to draft for the Broncos? Oh, man, Juan, you opened up a can of worms there for me. Um, right now, the Broncos, I think, have the uh, the 14th overall pick in the draft. Obviously, we have a long way to go. The Broncos could could end up with a top 10 pick. They could end up still making the playoffs. I mean, that's what you get when you're five and five and only one game out of the division or half a game out of the division. I think there's there's I just read a tweet or something that said there's only five teams that are more than one game out of a playoff spot right now. Man, that's yep. the NFL's dream. Let's see it, if we can make everybody mediocre. Yep. And Parody, give everybody baby. a chance, even though you all and you just dumb down the product to the lowest common denominator so that everybody's playing crappy football. But hey, everybody's got a chance. Not for me, man. But it's the uh, everybody finishing around 500 is the NFL's dream. Yeah, no, you're totally correct there. Um, it's however parody. And also this really leans into my theory of just get in. If you just get into the playoffs, anything can happen. And I don't know if there's a buzzsaw team this year. I I have a sneaking suspicion that the Kansas City Chiefs are about to go white cold, white hot and uh, make a run to the playoffs and nobody will want to play them just because we've seen the Chiefs host the AFC Championship game three years in a row, right? Like Patrick Mahomes is not this bad. <laughs> He's going to regress upwards towards his normal, but um, it's going to be a weird season and I'm really excited to see what the second half look like. As far as top prospects for the Broncos, they're doing a lot of work on quarterbacks. Uh, they visited Matt Corral versus Malik Willis that one week and the next week you saw uh, Sam Howell versus uh, Kenny Pickett. I, I'm having a real hard time with this quarterback class. I, I want to fall in love, but um, I used the analogy earlier. You know, everybody around you getting married. You don't want to make a mistake and get married when uh, it's the wrong person. So right now, I don't. I'm not leaning into, into any of these quarterbacks. I really love the edge in the defensive, uh, offensive tackle class, and picking ten to twenty. I think there's going to be a really good offensive tackle prospect available to you, and that seems to be the identity of this team. It's working really well for the Patriots with Mac Jones. Everybody in the NFL seems to be going to this Big 12, Pac-12, you know, 11 personnel air raid. How about we just beat the absolute bleep out of teams with the trenches and get a really good offensive line going or defensive line and, uh, you know, win games that way. I think that would be a – not everybody has a franchise quarterback. If you don't, the best way to win is dominance in the trenches, and I think you can build that. On the surface, I like Malik Willis and Sam Howell, but I haven't dug into them nearly deep enough to say, yeah, I'd be willing to spend – $15 million on those guys, which is what they have to do. So just from a high level, I like those two quarterbacks and you need a quarterback. You need a, you yep. need a quarterback of the future. Um, yep. Again, 
uh, y'all heard me say it the, a zillion times, but the t- taking the wrong guy can can cripple you, especially at yep. that position. So be sure about it. Be sure about it this time. If you're going to go in the first round, be sure. Um, yep. If you weren't sure about Justin Fields or Mac Jones, then you got Patrick Sertain. Good pick. You're going to be a better team on the long run because of that. Don't don't get a guy you're not sure about. Yeah, nope, totally. However, I don't want them to take a guy, trade up for a guy that they think of lesser than Mac Jones and Justin Fields when one was, both of them were staring you in the face when you didn't have to give up anything to get them. <sighs> so here we are. Um, we got Howler asking why I like Corral despite his gimmicky offense. Um, I learned about scouting the player and what they can do versus the situation they're in with uh, Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert was throwing bubble screen and tunnel screen after bubble screen and tunnel screen. He had the traits, had the accuracy, but he wasn't asked to do it because he was playing a gimmicky offense with wide set tackles there in Oregon. He comes to the NFL and he breaks rookie passing records. Um, So I, while his Walker Corral's offense is gimmicky and I'm not saying he is Justin Herbert. uh, He has ample arm talent. It's not incredible arm talent, but it's enough. And he's a good athlete. He's very twitched up, which I appreciate from that's what I want from athleticism from the quarterback position. Um, So uh, I like Corral a good bit. First round pick, I mean, first round grade, maybe. As far as strong, I like the accuracy. I like the arm talent. His knee apparently is very concerning, like uh, detrimental or degenerative knee kind of uh, discussions around Carson Strong. So we'll see on that one. Um, Travis is in the house, probably stars. Saying good morning, Nick and Scott and Broncos country. At work, just want to wish you guys a good show and have a great day. And I know Travis will listen after the facts. We appreciate all you live streamers out there. But um, we're going to uh, always be there for, you know, people who have things going on. I, t- I tend to listen to a lot of these after the fact, too. Because I got busy, I'm cooking or doing something like that. So make sure you're doing that. CC say nothing better than a morning pod. DBA saying good morning, y'all. We got Zach Phillips in the house. Morning, boys. Thank you. And uh, Clee in the house. Broncos are gearing up for their Super Bowl run. Sunday was just a walkthrough. Love it. I mean, gosh, it, it it could happen, right? You're saying there's a chance. Scott's not buying it. Scott's out. <laughs> Scott, why, why are you out? Before we get to, we'll get through the reads, what's what's your... I, we said it this morning, we, we jumped in here and like Broncos five and five, every single team seems to have a good week and a bad week. If you just get in, anything can happen. And this AFC West right now is while they're talented, I think they're a little soft. I think they're a little doughy in the middle. You know, they're, they're only working on their glamour muscles. So I think the Broncos could maybe go on a run. You're muted. I can't hear you, Scott. You're muted. You guys hear Scott? Think twice, Scott, if you're okay. Okay, well, I could not hear Scott on that one, and the chat is not telling me if uh, he's going on. It could have been an issue with the uh, the pod stream itself, but I'll get into the rundown while Scott's looking at what's going no, on here. that was me. I had okay, to well, Scott. again because you said you were getting feedback because I've moved my mic closer. Uh-huh. Um, yep. I think StreamYard actually has adjusted some of the levels, um, so that changed it up. But what I said was, um, I don't think this team wants to play for Vic Fangio. And you can't go on a playoff run and win playoff games and do all that stuff when you're just running out of ground ball, waiting for the new guy to come in. Yep. I, he, he's, a, he's a dead man walking. Yep. Uh, we thought it anyway. Draymond Jones pretty much said as much the next day and then yep. doubled down on his sarcastic apology. You know, I, Draymond Jones, being in full bill of health kind of thing. You know, it it was, it's comical. Um, This team doesn't want to play for Fangio. So, in my opinion, there is no chance. You know, you're not talking about, again, you're not talking about a six and four Kansas City Chiefs playing for Andy Reid. 
you're talking about a team that lost four in a row, follows up a, a, a what looks now like a fluke win with a you know getting beat again badly in the trenches. You know, forget the fact that you're not good enough in the, in the on the lines of scrimmage right now. You're not. Um, you know, and that to me is 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 number one. It's like, well, I got a crappy refrigerator or a crappy Bridgewater at this point. Well, it doesn't matter if if you got no power, you can't plug it in. And if you're bad in the lines of scrimmage, it doesn't matter what else is happening. If you don't believe in your coach, it doesn't matter what else is happening. This this team isn't uh, isn't built for a playoff team, a playoff run right now. Yeah, ah, man. Every single team has a lot of flaws right now, but the most the best things that get into playoffs are teams that have really good trenches. Um, the Broncos aren't doing that right now. I mean, their edge rusher, um, <clears throat> besides the Cleveland game, this was the worst showing from the edge rushers the entire season. Um, Malik Reed, I don't know. I saw people showing a lot of clips of Lane Johnson in the run game, and that looked like it reminded me of a dirty dancing, except uh, unfortunately, Malik Reed was the girl in the situation where you know, being lifted up above the head and spun around. Um, <laughs> you got Malik Reed. Left. Uh, it was Malik Reed got, you know, he looked like an eighth grader out there versus a grown man um, it, in the run game, especially it was bad. And uh, Curtis Robinson, you know, we talked about it yesterday, you know, God bless you, Curtis Robinson. I feel bad for you even having to be out there. Cause you shouldn't be in that situation. I feel that way a little bit with the fourth team or fourth string tackle as well. And cam Fleming, but uh, that's football, right? That's why, like when you look at the roster and people will freak out about like, Oh man, if we just had this one linebacker, our depth chart would be set. You're going to be out half those guys at some point this season. So you need to have guys on guys on guys at value positions. Otherwise, it's going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back. Clee may be more sarcastic than me, and that's saying something. <laughs> uh, Scott's so, just mad Denver beat Scott's the Cowboys. Just mad Denver beat the Cowboys, and Atlanta got stomped by them. Super Bowl, here we come. You know, you're right. I'm in. Uh, you know, forget. We could we could break down all the flaws with this team. Why I think it's going to be tough to go for a run, and we can. Yeah. Um, because you know I, we can start looking at that towards the future. Because one of the questions when you hit a low point like this is how does it get better? You know, how does it get better? There's a lot of good pieces of this team. That hasn't changed. But this team is too flawed right now, especially on the lines of scrimmage, to make a a serious run. Mm -hmm. And even if you were able to, you know, let's say you got a winning record the rest of the way, finish nine and eight, eke into a playoff spot. This team, again, they don't want to play for Fangio. You, you can't convince me otherwise right now. Yeah, no, there seems to be some uh, seems to be some disconnect there. And I know that typically, you know, teams have their positional coaches that are with those guys way more often in the meeting rooms and whatnot. But like those get the positional coaches are doing the talks before the game, apparently, reportedly, allegedly. And uh, that's an issue. So I just think there's a massive uh, emotional disconnect. And for a game like football, which is as emotionally charged as any game we have, honestly, because you're asking these guys to do unnatural things and put their bodies in positions where you, there's something in your brain saying, what are you doing? This is danger. You're going to get yourself hurt. Um, if you don't have buy-in from the coach, and I know that's probably more important for um, college and high school and whatnot, you know, when it's more of an emotionally charged game versus the professionals out there, but still it's a, it's an emotional game. So it's, it's, a, no, I think it's actually the emotion plays a bigger factor in the NFL than in other leagues because the level of talent is so close that um, in college and in high school, bigger, faster, stronger is going to win. It's going to take over most of the time. I'm, I'm exaggerating here to a certain yeah. extent, but bigger, the bigger, faster, stronger team is going to beat the team. That's not as big, fast and strong. You get yep. more of that disparity like that at the lower levels in, in pros it's closer for the most part. Again, yeah. they do everything they can to aid the weak and the people with no, uh, no initiative or ambition 
and mm -hmm. punish the ones that have success in order to bring everybody to a mediocre level of football. So everybody will watch every game because every game matters all season, right? And uh, there's not going to be empty seats. Or don't, or you can be like I had been the past few years, which was don't tune into the playoffs because they're just kind of going through the motions. Oh, don't do that to me, Scott. I love the playoffs. Um, we got DBA asking if I was so doing I mean, always the playoffs, and then it matters. Oh, yeah, yeah, because I just know, love and, it. And too with much. the 17 game season, like I said, I think it's that's a lot of football. You know, it, yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember seeing a week, and I'm sure they're out there. There's there, there's enough weeks in a season where I remember seeing this many blowouts. You know, yeah, you it really you, is. You might see a 43 to three once in a year, maybe. Let yeah. alone three or four of them in one weekend. That's crazy. It has been a crazy. This was a crazy week of football, no doubt. And it's been a pretty crazy season. Um, but cream rises to the top. Uh, you hope so. It's just a. It's been a really high variance league, right? Like you don't know who's going to show up week to week. No, and uh, you, again, you, if I think you're you're dead on with the Kansas City Chiefs, they're like, all right, we don't have to turn it on yet. We'll just hang around, go on a four game winning streak at the end of the season, and, and clinch the division, get a bye. Yep. You know, as long as we're four and zero, it doesn't matter if we're six and six. As long as we finish five and zero. Yep. You know, and then and then we're in at 11 and six. Yep. And it wasn't always sunny reference uh, DBA. Good catch. Love always sunny. Um, the DW. I don't love that. It was sunny in Philadelphia this weekend, though. But uh, anyway, the DWI guys uh, morning gents agreed not playing for coaches. It's going to get uglier. I don't know if it's going to get uglier. Um, these guys are professionals. And, uh, you know, you have the Raiders who are up and down coming up. You have the Lions. You do have some games that you have a chance in. No doubt the Bengals talk about a week to week team being the Ravens looking great and then getting beat by the Jets a, a week later. You know, that's just that shows where this league is right now. Um, but uh, I think that you have enough talent on your roster and guys playing enough guys on one year contracts as well that uh, it's not going to get ugly, so to speak, unless you're talking like the Broncos lose a close game. Uh, they're out of the playoffs. Something happens with Fangio time management wise and the players really start to stop biting their tongues, I guess, so to speak. There's more Draymond Jones post-game press conference slip kind of things. And Ethan, appreciate you, the, the support that you've had. You're still number one halfway through the month, uh, number one on the YouTube rankings that we show in the evening. Um, so appreciate all the support you've given our show um, for sure. And I, before I was saying thank you, I had a point I was going to make, and now I've forgotten it because, you know, that happens. That, that works. Coffee's still kicking in, and I, I think I was about to do the reads, but I haven't even done them yet because uh, when your mic was muted, that uh, sent me in a tizzy. So, uh, guys, this is obviously Broncos for breakfast. Uh, we're here every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday morning. We'll be here. We'll be here again next week, every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday as well. I know it's the bye week and whatnot, but maybe we'll do like a half hour show or something if there's not as much news. But uh, hope maybe we'll get into some draft stuff or contract stuff or you know, there's always news. Um, you can follow us at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. Also follow Scott and myself. Scott is at Scout Kennedy and myself at McKennell MHH. Make sure you're joining us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. And if you're on YouTube today, please subscribe, like, and share. And uh, go to Scott's channel as well at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. So Scott, we wanted to get into the meat of today's show was Teddy's press conference yesterday. Mm -hmm. I know there was a lot made about, you know, I saw people like, oh, you know, how do you know Teddy wasn't specifically instructed to not make that tackle? Or can you blame him given the injuries he's had? Yesterday, I don't want to say Teddy fell on the sword because that says that, you know, he took blame for stuff that wasn't exactly his fault. Mm -hmm. um, and 
Granted, I guess that's true to an extent. If Melvin Gordon doesn't fumble the ball after picking up the fourth and one, we never have this conversation. Heck, maybe even the Broncos win that game. I mean, they're they're one touchdown down and in the red zone. You know, anything Doesn't can happen. Matter. It's the ultimate team sport. You're right. It, it yep. is. Guys make mistakes. Guys cover for each other. Um, yep. You know, Melvin Gordon fumbled. That's on him. Yep. But you expect somebody to have your back also. Um, and that's what I was my my point that I was going to make was uh, was from Ethan's about it being uglier. I think this is as ugly as it's going to get, uh, mm-hmm. honestly. Maybe not, you know, you could go on a losing streak, but combine the fact with expectations being raised high again, they've given us hope. It's the hope that kills, right? Mm-hmm. Expectations being high again coming off of that win. All the chest thumping from Fangio coming out of the, the Broncos win. And then to go out and get beaten fairly handily by a mid-level, at best, Philadelphia Eagles team. And then watch your quarterback give up on a pivotal play. As far as anger and ugliness goes right now, I think this is the peak. This is this is the boiling point. Um, I don't think it'll get much nastier from Broncos fans than than it has been the last 48 hours. I don't think it's going to get much nastier is because the expectations aren't going to be as high. You know, you have the bye week coming. It's going to start to get colder here. And there's not a lot of belief in this team. Um, there was maybe a hint of belief after beating Dallas and, you know, pr- prove it to me. We're coming home. And then apparently that game, uh, credit to Eagles fans in the Denver area. There's a lot of Eagles fans there and they were given their team gave them a reason to stick around and cheer at the end. And Broncos fans are looking for the exit, which is unfortunate. But, uh, you know, that's that's again, it's a week to week league. The Broncos are five and five. They have five, uh, seven games left, five remaining against the AFC West, where you're only half a game out. Like, it could happen. Like, it, it could. This I would bet the Broncos to finish last or second to last right now as a betting Nine man. Nine eight playoff right spot of Fangio back next year. What was that? Nine and eight, eke yep. into a playoff, the seventh playoff spot because they just keep making it more playoff teams, more playoff teams yep. is more excitement. Yep. You know, so you get a a nine and eight team that goes into the playoffs as Fangio back next year. Ooh, it would really depend on what the pulse of the locker room is. I mean, I know that it's a bottom line business out here, but if it's one of those things where you got in because the guys around you were struggling or you made it in spite of the head coach, I think you still have to look at it. Now, that being said, you have to go on a pretty good run here. The final seven games, you know, you're talking probably finishing five and two, four and three, five and two probably gets you into the playoffs because you probably need to finish with double digit wins. Finishing five and two against, you know, five games of the AFC West. I didn't say that's, five and two. I know, but that's you're talking about getting in the playoffs. I think you probably need I ten wins. You finish nine and eight and get into the playoffs. Oh, nine and eight. Oh man, I think. Hmm. Can I because throw it? There's a seventh playoff yeah. spot. They just keep making the. They just keep. It's not quite NCAA basketball where the, you know they Everyone's call it March in. Madness. I call you it get who, a seed. Who, you who get gives a, seed. a damn until March? Yeah, it's not quite that bad, but it's getting close. You know, you finish 500 and you're, you're in the tournament. Um, you know, so I, I think, I don't think that's enough. You go nine and eight. Now maybe you, you go on a little run, you win a couple games in the playoffs, maybe, yeah. but nine and eight, seventh playoff spot. I think, I think Fangio is still gone. Lawrence appreciate the stars on here too. Says I miss my Broncos getting a playoff spot by December and getting back to the point about Teddy yesterday. Um, acknowledging the fact that it was a bad look, uh, Thanks. Thanks, Teddy. Um, go have a seat. Go have a seat on the bench. You know, yeah. you're going to at the, at the worst for the first half at, at worst. You cannot. I said yesterday, he's got to have some damage control, some huge damage control in that locker room to have any support at all amongst his teammates. What do you think Melvin Gordon's going to say? 
You know, Melvin, Melvin Gordon feels awful about another fumble. And you know, like I said, that's, that's on him, mm. but dude, it didn't have to cost us the game. All you had to do was throw, you know, throw a shoulder at somebody, knock them off, do some, do something yep. instead of pull up. That's uh, a unifying, that was a unifying moment with Broncos country because there is no, this guy's better than that guy. When we get pissed off as fans is when we see a lack of effort because we know how special and what a privilege it is to play football at a level like that, not only just to get paid, but anybody that enjoyed playing the game, most most of us were done after our senior years in high school, done. Mm-hmm. So to see somebody that's got that privilege to go out there and play and get paid more than any of us will ever make to do it and to just totally quit on a play that was a pivotal play, it's unacceptable. It is absolutely yeah. unacceptable. And, and you know me, I'm a Teddy Bridgewater fan. Huge, yeah. huge fan of the person, um, the the person that he is. And I would say, thanks, Teddy. You're 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 gonna sit this one out. You're gonna sit this one out. Minimum, Drew. You're up. Yep. I uh, I think if I was George Payton, I would be playing, saying Drew Lock needs to play right now, unless it lost me to the locker room, and unless I thought that the optics of coming down and telling my coach that they need to play that guy would result in the op- the position being less wanted in the off season. Those are two factors that I just, I can't speak for. Um, but uh, you need, you only, we see what Teddy Bridgewater is and Teddy Bridgewater with the level of play. I mean, he's still a top, I mean, given statistics, I know, Oh, stats. I, I filtered for garbage time. He's a, he's a mid range quarterback. He's, he's yep. middle of the pack right now. He's ranked number 12 in the NFL so far this season in uh, CPOE and EPA composite. Um, some of that is feeding on lesser teams, but again, middle of the pack, and that's better than you've had for a de- half a decade. And if you had elite defense, let's not even say elite defense, top 10 defense with that level of quarterback play, you get in the playoffs this year. You get in the playoffs this year. Broncos this year, bottom 10 defense by DVOA. I don't give a hoot what the points per game is because there's efficiency metrics. There's how many possessions per game you're giving up. And it's a complimentary football. They're giving up uh, points at a crazy rate uh, per possession. And it's just not been good enough for, the whole reason you have Fangio in here is elite defense, right? I mean, that's, he's not connecting to the players. He's not, you know, they have this holistic view. It's like, okay, with Fangio, we're guaranteed a good defense. Your defense is bad. It's, it's not only average, it's bad. So and you can't even blame, you know, I, I watched, I watched the, get your, get your mugs, everybody. Prost. <laughs> I watched the Atlanta Falcons hire two defensive coordinators as their head coaches, uh, Mike Smith and Dan Quinn, and then completely not back them as far as personnel goes. And then it's like, okay, well, the, the, the scheme's enough. We're going to put all of our resources into offense. You can't even say that with this team. They've poured a no. ton of resources onto the defensive side of the ball. A lot. Number one paid defense in football this year. Um, and I would say every single side, maybe besides the off-ball linebackers, because it's hard to get too mad at them considering how many injuries they've had, but every single one of them has been a disappointment and not lived up to expectations. And uh this is a more of an off season question, but I always feel like these coaches get these spots and these head coaching spots and then their teams pour crazy resources in their side of the ball. I think if I was the general manager, I, I'm like, I'm going to go the opposite. I'm going to put all the that's resources. What the did. Like I said, that's what they did with the Falcons. And I, and I don't think you can do that. You've got to have balance across both yeah. teams. Yeah. Um, but getting back to it, because I do want to stick up for the offensive line just a little bit uh, as we hit Jay's comment here. Mm-hmm. Uh, appreciate the super chat, uh, Jay. Yeah, thanks, Jay. I know we're all Broncos fans, but it doesn't seem like our team wants to play. We got manhandled. It honestly seems they don't care. 
Yeah. I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt a little bit to the offensive line when you've got three new starters, the guys that were backups coming in yeah. against, frankly, and I'd forgotten the Browns, uh, but you know, going into this game, I said, this is the best trenches team that you're going to face. That defensive line, when they're on for the Eagles, is flat out freaking scary. They're really, really good. So yeah. I'm, I'm not okay with that, but I understand. You know, Try and hold your own at least, but you know, who goes in with three backup offensive linemen and dominates the Philadelphia Eagles in the trenches? N nobody. That doesn't happen. Okay, I get that. For me, it's the defensive side of the ball, the front three. Draymond Jones played okay. Mm -hmm. um, Shelby Harris was missing in action, and I'm not even sure who was starting at nose guard. You know, I saw some Purcell, but, you know, I I'm not even sure on that one. You lost yeah. your two edge guys in Von Miller and Bradley Chubb from the beginning of the season, but it's that front three that is – in the summer, we talked about are they going to be good enough? Well, right now they're they're not. They're not, and they no. got they got dominated in the trenches big time. They absolutely did. They got whipped in the trenches on both sides of the ball. And I thought that the the biggest disadvantage the Broncos had in this game was on the edges in the trenches. The Eagles tackles absolutely beat the living hell out of the Broncos edge rushers and climbing to the second level to get to the linebackers. And the Broncos tackles were beat up to the point where. It I think it changed completely what the Broncos were calling offensively. You know, a lot of people are upset at Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater with uh, the lack of throwing it down the field. A lot of that was sure, or I guess it was Shula and this offense didn't trust their tackles for bleep. Um, and they wanted to get the ball out quickly. So, and until you were forced to play more of a drop back game because the defense couldn't keep the other team from scoring. But, uh, you know, that's a, this was a complete team loss, which is. I guess satisfying in a way because you don't have to pile on one person. Um, but it's also frustrating because there's not an easy, there's not an easy fix, right? It's no, just like losing all that. It's so easy to say, oh, quarterback or coach. Okay, if I fix this one problem, maybe two problems, everything's gonna be, get better. And maybe it yeah. does. You know, again, it's it's a whole lot easier to change the coach than it is to change a 53-man roster. And there's no yeah. reason to change a 53-man roster. You've got to get some better luck with injuries for sure. Yeah. Um but then some of the guys that you're paying good money to have to, they have to play a little better too. And, and part of it, and this is where I said at the beginning, part of it's, you can't convince me these guys want to play for Fangio. They're just, yeah. call, I'm going to use you know, baseball reference again. They're running out the ground ball. They're, they're mm -hmm. doing their jobs right now. Yep. As far as we're, we're going out, we're here. You know, what are you doing? What did I, what did I, I translate when, uh, when, when Draymond Jones is, I Draymond Jones being a full sound and mind and body <laughs> tweet out there. My Blink translation twice. for yeah. that was, it's okay that you call us out, but not okay for us to say that coaching was a problem. That's what I read. That's what mm -hmm. I read him say. And and it is. It's, you know, it's it's hypocritical. And there's a there's a phrase I've used for years. I don't mind an a-hole. I can't stand a freaking hypocrite. You know, with a jerk, you know what you've got. A hypocrite, you know, those, those are the people I don't have time for. Yep. Nope. Absolutely correct. Now, Draymond, blink twice if you're okay. Um, we got Jay coming back in saying tiny bright spot would be Quinn, uh, would be Quinn played well and he was responsible for the touchdown run, sealing off that block. Always keep up the good work, guys. Yeah, Quinn Miners, his pass blocking is still very much a work in progress. That was always going to be the case, but he is an athlete and he has strength. And he also, and I know some analytics people will roll their eyes at this, but he is a tone setter on that line as well. You know, he's somebody who, if the linebacker sees him coming or you are, being stood up, you know, at the point of attack, he's coming to get a push in there. And those type of plays, they matter in the long, long course of the game. 
So uh, it looks like the Broncos got a good one there in the interior offensive line and Quinn Miners um, probably spells the end of Graham Glasgow's time in Denver. Probably that was true regardless of the injury. But now with Miners getting the reps and with how he is showing, that's probably even more true. The real question will be, are they going to put Miners at center? Because I know he had some center reps there, or is he going to be sticking at that right guard spot? It'll be interesting. Uh, Shane coming in here saying Albright put out some interesting stats the past couple of days concerning Bridgewater. He has the most time to throw for any quarterback, but has the third highest sack rate. Looks like the O-line may be less of an issue than some people believe. Every single sack, uh, sack ha- has its own story. Teddy Bridgewater, no doubt, holds onto the ball longer than a lot of quarterbacks. But also part of the reason that he has the time to throw is that he moves around in the pocket and buys himself time. Um, he is pretty good at staying in that bubble, um, sliding in the pocket to avoid that first rusher. Let's say the left tackle gets beat. Teddy's going to slide up forward to the right. And that buys him, you know, an extra half second. Um, the issue is that the Teddy holding onto the ball, sometimes it, re- it results in sacks, which are more on him than the offensive line. And this offense is not good enough to be second and 10 plus consistently to, to dig out of that hole. And uh, the other issue is it's not, cre- it's not creating enough explosive plays down the field. You know, Teddy's hanging onto the ball and it's still, you know, five yard curl route kind of thing. So um, the offensive line, they're average. That's what we said this year. And if this Broncos team was going to be great, the Broncos offensive line probably needed to be great as well. And that's not the case, uh, but the offensive line is not as bad. And we said this in pass blocking all season, you know, the pass blocking is okay. It was the run blocking early on that was just getting housed. And I think they've actually started to get a little bit better in that front somewhat. Maybe that's partially the running backs getting, uh, getting better as well. Um, but I don't think the offensive line is detrimental, but if you're talking about long-term building block, it's something that I think you should probably continue to build up on. Well, and Teddy is absolutely zero, zero threat to run the ball. Yeah. So when he's, when he's buying time, he's not going to take off and pick up yardage um, yep. when he's threatening. And like I said, he's, he's playing timid. I, I called out a play before when we were, when yep. we talked last yesterday morning, there was a play before, and we mentioned earlier that um, I forgot who it was. It was uh, was it Bennett Barnett that hit him? Yeah. You know, got that personal foul. I'm like, did mm-hmm. he did he scramble his eggs on that play or something? Because you know that that would have gotten you ejected in college for that play for a personal yeah. foul, roughing the passer, crowning the helmet right under the chin. A couple plays later, Teddy's rolling left and tries to throw a ball behind Jerry Judy, who's leaking out into the flat when he probably could have tucked it and run for a touchdown. He didn't yeah. want to. Nope. You know, that was a, a harbinger of things to come, if that's the right word. I only usually type it. I don't know if I've ever used it in actual spoken word. But then he goes, you know, then we saw, we don't have to rehash the the fumble play, but it was the same yep. thing. Doesn't want to get as good as put his, put his head in there. Yep. Um, and if, if you don't want to put your head in there, you don't, you don't need to be out there. Yep. So that's, that's the way it is. It's like, oh, well, he's gotten hurt or players, then you don't need to be out there. Yeah. It's a, it's a yep. tough game. You, you, it's it's the risk. If you're afraid of the risk, then, or you don't want to take a risk, then you know, you can use this about other examples too. But stay home. Then then yep. stay home. You know, be a be a good mentor to a, another quarterback, and, and uh, certainly appreciate this the stars, Shane. And I missed this one just a few minutes ago. Uh, so coming back up to get Lawrence, who came in Let's with the it. stars, said so this is George Payton's team, and he's not going to have it between Vic backing him. And Peyton backing Vic, they're going to play this out. Drew pushed for Vic, pushed on Vic for too long. Um, yeah. Go ahead, Nick. Yeah, I, there's some information floating out there right now and regarding Drew Locke that uh, it's, again, it's, you know, just maturity and decision-making stuff that it's like, man, come on. Um, so I think that there's 
there's reason that Vic with his job on the line and whatnot does not trust Drew Locke to be put out there. Um, so if Vic's going to go down swinging and this team is still very much in it, they're going to go with Teddy Bridgewater because he trusts him more. So um, I think it's really as simple as that. Um, if the Broncos come out and Teddy Bridgewater is, again, I don't think he was terrible in this game. The, the, the Eagles efficiencyed the hell out of the Broncos and boom, you know, four possessions, you're down 20 points or something. You know, that's not winning football and that's not winning football for Teddy Bridgewater. You know, you have to have Aaron Rodgers back there to be able to win games like that. When your defense is getting as thoroughly beat as that. Now they had a chance because the Broncos, I think didn't, uh, they were stubborn with the run game and the ground game was effective the whole game. And uh, Teddy did not turn the ball over, which, uh, you know, a backbreaking pick in the second quarter, that's game, you know, that you're done there. Um, so, and that didn't happen. So they had a chance and they were down only one possession and then, you know, the fumble and every chaos pursues, you know, somebody start the, uh, the Benny Hill music. But, um, I think that, uh, there's, there is reason that they don't trust drew lock out there. And some of it looking into this, I think it's doubling down, not only on Teddy Bridgewater, but the defense, I think Vic still thinks that he can get, if I can just get this defense, right. How the offense is playing right now can win us football games. And that's true. It's just right now, the defense is not good. They're just, they're just simply not good couple of things I want you to consider uh, mm-hmm. when talking about, okay, there's things leaking out is one who's doing the leaking. Okay. People trying yeah. to cover their asses. Yeah. Okay. So who's doing the leaking about why we're not playing Drew Locke? It's the people that have made the decisions not to play Drew Locke. Yeah. Okay. And they've got reasons to disparage your CYA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, I mean, I'm not saying it's not true. I'm just yeah. saying consider the sources. Mm-hmm. Consider the sources and where it's coming from. It's coming from those people that have already made those decisions. Now, I'm not advocating for Drew Locke. So don't don't get me wrong on this. I just want you to take different things. Drew Locke hasn't shown to be anything other than a below average quarterback in his time in the league. I get that. Yeah. But again, after what Teddy did, it, it, I bench him flat out. A bench him. And there's more to it than and then what I said about remember who's doing the leaking. There's more to it than just I trust this guy more. You can tell from the things that Fangio says, the things that he's done. So says and actions, body language, all of it. He flat out doesn't like Drew Locke, period. No. No. Doesn't like him. So why why is he still here? Because Fangio says, because uh, because Peyton says, because Drew Locke's got another year in a contract and you're gone next year. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best explanation. Drew Locke's going to be here longer than Fangio. That's why. Yep. Yep. And uh, the way that Vic Fangio wants to play football, um, he thinks that Teddy Bridgewater is not going to lose you the game. Somebody said in the comments, Teddy's not going to win the game, but he's also probably not going to lose you the game. Um, And that means he's not going to push the issue. Uh, He's not going to put up as many risky throws out there. And if people want to, you know, if we want to judge quarterback tackles for the rest of the season, put in Drew Locke. We'll get way more um, quarterback tackle attempts. But uh, it's, you know, five games left. I think this is full on. You're betting on uh, not only Teddy, but it's betting on the defense as well. Because right now the defense has been the biggest issue out there for me. I mean, I know it's a quarterback league. And we knew coming into the year that once they passed, once they didn't get Aaron Rodgers, once they passed on Mac Jones slash Justin Fields, the formula was going to be great run game, a quarterback that's protecting the football, great defense. Defense has not even come close to expectations this year. I'm excited to see what DVOA has to say tomorrow uh, when they use the schedule adjusted ranking um, for the defense because they were 22nd last week. They're going to be lower than that. They're probably going to be closer to bottom five defense in the league in DVOA this year uh, versus that of a, a top 10 unit, which we expected. Yvonne coming in 
says, why has the defense not been good? System, injuries, personnel? All of the above. Um, it's, it's all of the above, uh, the defense you've had injuries at the linebacker core, which, I mean, we said it coming in to the, the game last week that the Eagles are really going to put your linebackers in a flux because of how much they like to do with the quarterback power run game. And, uh, they limit the box numbers. So you have to make a decision to play your cover one and get uh, stressed vertically. If you want to stop the run and the Broncos did, and they still got punched in the mouth, um, on the ground game, which is very unfortunate. Uh, but um, I think that's an issue. I think it's personnel as well um, with losing Von Miller, Bradley Chubb. You know, you can call those injuries, but the guys behind them were not good enough. There's a reason the Broncos are looking to trade up for a Phillips for a potentially a Jason or excuse me, an Odafe Owe. They knew that they needed more edge rushing talent and size there. They don't have it. Um, the interior defensive line has been only okay. And Shelby Harris did not have a good game. He was big on that uh, interception attempt. I do want to say he had pressure that was in Jalen Hurts' face that caused that terrible pass that Justin Simmons picked off. But other than that, didn't see much from them. And uh, this, I think the secondary has been massively disappointing considering the resources you poured into them. You know, Darby has been fine, but not a cornerback that's, you know, a cornerback 1B that you're expecting. And Kyle Fuller, you know, I, I guess good for him for going out there and not giving up on the season now that he's in a new role and having been benched. But you know, he's getting beat on drags and slants and whatnot. So um, I think it's everything. I really do think it's just a, it's a combination of everything. And, and also, I think this really goes to shows. And for any of you preseason betters out there, there's only one thing that I would bet on. And that's quarterback and head coach, right? Like we before the season, Broncos are going to have the best defense in the league. Washington football team is going to have the best defense in the league. Those defenses have been bad. They've been legitimately bad. Um, so uh, defense is just, it's really finicky. It's hard to know who's going to be great until you actually have gathered a sample size because they're not playing on paper. I do trust great quarterbacks on paper though. Well, and, and let's look at, let's look at the paper. Okay. You mentioned it a little bit, but I just want to reiterate the point uh, on the injuries. Yeah. The front three, Shelby Harris and Draymond Jones are supposed to be plus players. I don't mm -hmm. think they have been this year. No, Nose guard, uh, Purcell. Below man. average. Okay. Yeah, below so average. there's your front three. The four linebackers. Who are you supposed to start with? Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, uh, Anthony AJ Johnson, and uh, Josie Jewel. Josie Jewel, right? Now the the first two on the mm -hmm. outside are gone. The two, and now you're probably on your fifth and sixth guys in the middle. So yep. your entire spine of your the middle of your defense, your linebacker core, especially against a team like you, like Nick just said, which was a good point, that is going to run the ball, run option, and all that kind of stuff. You need your linebackers to have the best game of their of their they have to be the plus players, the linebackers. And you're going out there with guys you pulled off practice squats yep. that are getting hurt. I mean, it's – so the injuries, you can't downplay the injuries. And like you said, the, the just when, because you get big money free agents on paper doesn't mean they're going to mesh right away. Mm -hmm. So there, there's some of that that comes in where, you know, I'm playing Madden and I plug this guy in who's a 90. He's a 90 right away. It doesn't work like that in real life. And Kyle Fuller's been disappointing. Ronald Darby's been hurt. Sertan's been a plus type of guy. Simmons got off to a slow start. Ojem Udi has been hurt. Um, there's been a lot of reasons to come to come in. So uh, there was a lot of players in flux, and there's been a lot of players out. Yep, it's it's tough, and that's made this uh, this team not function as they're supposed to. And I actually, again, I was actually talking with uh, Tim Jenkins the other day. You know, how shout out to him because uh, his. Uh, one of the quarterbacks he coaches in the offseason is now the starting quarterback for the Iowa Hawkeyes. So that's a lot of fun um, to talk to him about that. But he thought Teddy had a B-level game. Um, he's not pushing the ball, but the Eagles pretty much said, like, we're going to give you everything underneath all day. If you throw it deep, you're you're an idiot. And 
that's a really good strategy if your offense is scoring points every single drive, which the Eagles essentially were doing. Um, so now if there are quarterbacks who can hit those um, the spot in between the cornerback and the safety on the outside hash marks, Teddy's not hitting that throw very often because he doesn't have the arm talent. And that's one of the biggest detriments of him uh, coming into the season. We knew that, um, but the Eagles are playing two safety shell and uh, off coverage. You have space underneath. That's what Teddy's going to take. Even if, if the, especially if the game is in clo- uh, close, which it was for almost the entire game until that fumble recovery happened. So, I mean, that's just, they're executing what the defense is giving them. And that's what a good, you know, can't go broke taking a profit. Uh, but at some point you need your quarterback to make a play. And those really show themselves on third down and in the red zone, one for 11 on third down attempts, Oh, for four on fourth downs. Although I think I, they should give them a one for two, excuse me. I say Oh, for four on fourth down, Oh, for two on fourth downs should have been one for two. Cause Gordon converted it and then fumbled it, but whatever. Um, and then uh one for five for red zone touchdown attempts. Those That's are quarterback numbers. Turnover. It shouldn't yeah. be two turnovers. An O for two makes it sound like two turnovers. And then a fumble is a third turnover. Yep. Um, yep. You know, and, and again, when you talk about the one for 11 on third down, what's the average distance on that? I think it was eight. Why are you yep. always third and 10, third and yep. 11, third and nine? That's the problem. Yep. I mean, the yep. league converts third and 11 at about 10%. So you're in league average, but they're converting third downs three or four times higher than the Broncos because their average is about third and five. Yep. So the problem becomes, why are you always third and long? That's that's how you fix third down problems is do better on first and second attrition, right? That's, that's a, that's a big one there for that. Uh, but right now with how this team is set up, Teddy is not good enough to win them games. And, uh, that's, that's the unfortunate reality of it. Um, you were hoping to have better the defense that defines you. Right. And, uh, that's been far from the case. This team is defense has been closer to bottom 10 than they have been top 10. And, uh, when the game is on Teddy to drop back, play, you know, five step drop, um, he's, Simply, he's simply just not good enough. He's not that quarterback. And if you're asking him to be, you're probably going to lose. It's yeah. just, I mean, it's really that simple. Like I said, you got six round and somebody else paying the, paying the bills. Yep. Yeah. What, that's a great point too. What were you expecting? You know, yeah. he, I actually think he's, he's been exactly what we thought we were, which for most fans is like, you know, he's, he's average across the board, mm-hmm. across all the metrics. If you watch all the teams, Good games, bad games, he's been average. There, mm-hmm. I don't think Broncos fans realize just how bad quarterback play is across the league. Yeah. Uh, but Teddy's been average. He's not going to yep. be below 15 or 16 in any metric across everybody else who's playing these, these games and, and having other bad games too. It's what you're expecting. You got him for nothing. But yep. the problem is, it's like we don't want average. We want the mm-hmm. hope of we're going to get plus. And Teddy does not represent that hope. And when you've lost hope, that's that's the worst feeling there is. I mean, go back to Greek mythology, Pandora's box. There was one of the fates that did not escape. It was hope. Because if humanity lost hope, then humanity was doomed. That's yeah. the feeling you have as as a Denver Broncos fan with Teddy. It's like, this isn't going to get any better. And that's a that's a bad feeling. I get it. Yeah, and I do, just for the last you know little bit before we get on out of here pretty soon, I do want to look at the positives here uh, for the Broncos perspective at the quarterback position and just this team in general. Um, as we've seen this season, it has been very much a week to week league. Um, anybody can beat anybody any given week, any given Sunday, as they say, but that's really true this season. So the Broncos have seven games left. And if they get hot, if the ball bounces their way a couple times, if they can get healthy, I mean, maybe getting a Bradley Chubb back or maybe, you know, the linebackers getting healthy and out there on the field, uh, then you have a chance to win some games and cl- uh, go on a run. I don't think anybody in the AFC West right now is 
going on or showing that they are a dominant force. Everybody has multiple fatal flaws. Um, you make the point, which I agree with you that, you know, if they are not buying into their head coach, if they don't like their head coach, then, uh, you know, going through the motions, not really putting in that extra work or paying extra attention during the meeting, which all that adds up, you know, death by inches as, as Vic would like to say. Um, but we're still in the thick of things, right? And maybe a bye week is exactly what they need. And uh, with how high we were against Dallas and how low we are against you the Eagles, great right win. there, we can get another press conference of, of Vic Fangio reading his resume and telling everybody how awesome he is. Yep. Love it. Exactly. And uh, that'll keep you right in it. Um, so that, I mean, really not likable, is he? Ah, he is such a grump, man. He's, he needs a PR team out there. You know, even Patrick Smythe, who's as good of a public relationships person as, as there is in any profession, forget professional football, Patrick Smythe, man, he's incredible. Um, he can't get the, uh, the Oscar, the grouch grime off of Vic Fangio out there living in his, uh, living in his trash can. Um, the other one that I want to say is, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke, all of these, we said it coming into the season. This is a short-term option. And if the formula is great, uh, the great defense, good run game, um, protecting the football that can win 10 games which is about what we expected formulas falling apart with the injuries team falling apart. Okay. That's that's life. The Broncos are not paying 15 million a year to Sam Darnold next year. The Broncos did not give up four first round picks for trading up to get Zach Wilson, who looks really bad so far in a short sample size. While the Broncos don't have their quarterback solution fixed, they still have five top 100 picks, the second most cap room in football next year, and a lot of flexibility. So while it is not good this season, while they don't have their answer this season, they aren't committed to the wrong answer for three, four seasons without an option to improve because they're in position where they're flexible and they have the assets to be aggressive and upgrade the position, which is big. Not every team has that. Unfortunately, again, it's what we talked about in the summer predicting these type of things is you and why Broncos fans are unhappy. Because if Teddy Bridgewater wins this job, it means you've got a holdover for two years while you get your guy for 2023. And I don't mean in 2023. You got to try and get your guy, unless it's a veteran. But I don't know that you can go out, you know, plus veterans, they're even more expensive than the rookies. You know, so trying to go out and get Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers or someone like that is going to be more expensive than I think George Payton is willing to spend. Yeah. So you got to go get a rookie. You got to go get in the draft and it's going to take a year for him to develop to a, a, a place where you feel comfortable, where you can make a playoff run, which is 2023, but it's going to be a lot of fun because there's a lot of resources for guys like us who enjoy the process of building the Broncos plug for tonight, building (laughs) the Broncos tonight at six o'clock mountain time. Um, Because there is, because there is so much, there's so many good young players on this team it's going to need a reset. It, it, it needs a reset. And Draymond Jones threw up the, we're, we're resetting this flag uh, on Sunday. I'm, yep. I'm convinced. Yeah. And also I think uh, there's some Teddy Bridgewater talk there as far as, Hey, what they're asking us to do right now, you know, Mike Purcell, one gapping me, one and a half gapping and Shelby Harris, two gapping. Like what the hell are we doing? This is costing me money. I'm about to have to, I'm about to be a free agent in a year and a half. Now this, what I'm being asked to do right now is costing me money. So that's also another uh, factor to think about here, right? It's a team, but these are individual players that are looking to set up their families and themselves uh, to be good long-term. So uh, we'll see, but, and I see the chat saying, Nick, you're thinking of Lance. I'm thinking if the Broncos loved Wilson so much that they had to get up to two to go get him, they would have cost themselves Mm -hmm. three or four first round picks. And with how, we don't know about Lance yet. Lance is two years younger than Mac Jones, one year younger than the other quarterbacks. 
Zach Wilson's looked really bad, um, worse than any of them. And, and uh, the rookie quarterbacks are all in the bottom five of the league. Uh, Mac Besides Jones Mac Jones. Up some, but I bet he's still 25 over the course of the of the year. The rookie quarterbacks, um, yeah. you know, Bill, Bill Belichick, you know, let's see what the Patriots do. They're six and yeah. four. They're probably, I think they're six and four. They've won four in a row. Should become seven and four this week on Thursday night. Um, you know, can you plug in a, a guy like that? If you build enough, it's kind of what Teddy was supposed to be. You know, yeah. that's what Teddy was supposed to be is what Mac Jones is playing at right now, which is just manage the game for us, manage the game for us. We've got enough of a system around enough talent around because we spent a billion dollars in free agency that came in and they're playing well. We've got a system that's been here for 15 years that the winning system and structure will be enough to carry through a rookie quarterback. Um, this isn't really a controversial statement. Vic Fangio is not Bill Belichick. Yeah, nope. Yeah, that's uh, that's very true. And the Patriots offensive line is playing great football right now. And Mac Jones is just playing pivot. And that's, that's a strategy that can work for the Broncos. The Patriots sat there at 15. They didn't give up any extra resources. Mac Jones fell to them. And now they have a cost-controlled quarterback for five years, spending a lot of money around the quarterback position. That can work. Obviously, that can work. Um, Vic Fangio is not Bill Belichick, but uh, that can work. Oh man, I went down some Vic, Bill Belichick uh, rabbit hole stuff yesterday. Did you see the the a, a Texas is down so bad right now? It's kind of laughable. Um, but did you see the press conference yesterday with Steve Sarkeesian where that reporter? Uh, I asked saw I, I, the the cringe moments. That kind of like comedy makes me feel yes. so uncomfortable that I can't watch it. Okay, so yep, I it heard I, I, I saw it come across my timeline and it said something like, "We once had a problem. We couldn't solve them. Like I can't do it. I, I hit the yep. back button. I'm like, I don't. I just it it." The comedy like that, you know, one reason I don't like The Office, you know, I, oh, I get The Office, but, you know, seeing how uncomfortable Michael can make everybody feel makes me feel uncomfortable. Yep. And I don't enjoy that. So I, I had to I had to click away from it. Yep. No, that's uh, well, I just made me think of Bill Belichick and what he would have responded because he is hilarious um, in those interviews. Um, we got DWI guys coming in with twenty five dollars uh, getting in before the uh, we were getting on out of here asking. Fangio chose Teddy two steps supposedly because he wouldn't lose them games because the defense would keep them in games. Well, when the defense is not up to snuff, what now Fangio? Um, yeah, I mean, this is essentially my, uh, sentiment as well. This sounds like to me, Fangio is betting on the bye week and everything and down the stretch that he can get the defense whipped into shape and start playing at a better level, uh, than we saw versus the Eagles. Also a point that Scott made yesterday, I believe, you're not going to play another team this season that is as good on the offensive and defensive trenches as the Eagles were, unless you get in the playoffs, um, then maybe that'll happen. But really, I mean, the Chargers, their defensive line outside of Joey Bosa has been disappointing. Their offensive line is okay. Chiefs offensive line and defensive line. Chris Jones is amazing. Love you, Chris Jones. Um, one of my favorites <laughs> players. But um, both sides of the ball, not that good. The, the Lions are terrible on both sides of the ball. The Bengals right now are running like an air raid, you know, Joe Burrow, Chase Young, throw it up. They're not winning. I mean, you can run power on the Bengals like nothing. That's how they've been getting killed this season. Not Chase Young, Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase, excuse yeah. me. Yep, yep, yep. An, uh, another early pick. Chase Young, man, sucks about the knee. Um, but uh, yep, no, uh, hopefully the defense will figure it out. And hopefully we're talking about a win after that. But uh, we got a little bit of time to stew on that loss. Appreciate you guys. I know that the, uh, the t talk of the quarterback conversation is rough, but the, I think... You're talking about two different maps. It's like Google Maps comes up here um, and you have, you know, fuel efficient route. That's, you know, 14 minutes versus the 11 minute route. That's less fuel efficient. You're heading to the same destination. Teddy versus Drew. You're looking for a new quarterback this offseason anyway, because neither guy is the one that's going to be a long term option. 
Just it's the reality. Yeah, Yvonne coming back in saying, with a new coach, can we still make lock work next season or is he done in Denver? I think he could be with one year. I think if you go and draft a guy, he ends up being the stopgap, the type of guy where, okay, like the trajectory of his career would be, let's bring in a veteran while we get our guy ready. Yep. Unless he comes in, you know, Jordan Love was was drafted to to take Aaron Rodgers' place, right? Mm-hmm. Well, he's playing. If he comes in, I I do think I don't think his time is necessarily done in Denver because he's going to get a fresh start, and there's not going to be an incumbent come in. Um, you know, if if somebody comes in as a as a new coach, they bring their own guy, then then yeah, his time's done in, in Denver. But I think Drew Locke can get a fresh start with a new coach, clean slate, one year deal. Unless they go out and spend big money or bring in somebody else, I think he can. I think he can get a, a fresh start and get a chance to see, is this guy good enough or not? Now, the question then becomes is, uh, he wouldn't have an option to pick up, right? You know, does no. he play his way into a big money contract? What does he end up costing you? Um, or, you know, do you deal him in the offseason and really get a fresh start? But I, I, I don't think his time is completely over in Denver. I don't think it's done, a done deal yet. I think Vic Fangio's time is over in Denver. I think both of them are done. Um, but uh, that's just uh, knowing people in the NFL community and what they have to say about both those guys. Um, don't want to go too far down it. But uh, appreciate you, guy. We need a gunslinger at quarterback. I just Let's get a top 10 quarterback, and then let's put it to rest, right? If not, we're going to be wandering the desert for a bit, right? That's the thing about having a top 10 quarterback. There's 22 other teams that don't have a guy. Um, but you got to keep looking. Um, so we appreciate you guys. Thank you very much for coming in. We will be live on Scott's channel tomorrow at seven o'clock by time. So eight o'clock your guys' time to talk a little bit of, oh man, Falcons, Cowboys. I'm going to have to watch that game, Scott. That's uh, <laughs> I'm glad I get to watch it after the fact. Um, but I think you're probably still riding high from that Braves World Series victory, right? Like that's, this is all like just said, my expectations after I watched Philadelphia decimate the Atlanta Falcons was two and 15. Yeah. So Again, what what do you expect? Uh, you know, all, I, I've asked that question to Broncos fans before. You know, you've got three brand new offensive line. You know, three offensive linemen coming in that were backups for a reason. What do you expect? Yeah. You know, do you expect to go on and just run it down their throats? You got four linebackers. You're starting four linebackers. Two more replacements gone. You're going against a guy that runs a lot of read option. What do you expect? Um, I expect my quarterback not to give up on a play. That's what yep. I expect, and that's why I'm pissed. I get that. Mm-hmm. But the Eagles, that was a bad matchup for the Broncos, and I picked the Eagles, and that was why. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Now, can you rebound from this, or is this team cooked? I'm in the right now it's cooked category because I've seen the body language on the field. I hear them. When they start talking in the press conferences, good Lord, it doesn't get much clearer than that. So we will see. Got a week to stew on it. Yeah, let's see that. We'll really find out a lot about these guys, how they, they don't have to win games, right? But uh, if if they show up or not, you know, writing on the wall then. But thank you guys for joining us today. You can follow Scott and myself on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy and I'm at Nick Kendall, MHH. Also follow us at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. Folks, if you're on Facebook, make sure you're joining us at facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod with the holidays right around the corner. Make sure you guys are going to huddleuppod.com to get your swag on. Make sure you get your favorite Bronco fans out there. The mile high huddle gear. Obviously I am pretty uh, biased towards the Broncos for breakfast hat, building the Broncos hat and the mile high insiders, but we got shirts. 
We got the coffee mugs as well every single morning, fresh out of the uh, the uh, dishwasher this morning, so it doesn't have that uh, yummy that yummy grind in it. Uh, make sure you guys are joining us also on YouTube by subscribing, liking, and sharing. Uh, head on over to iTunes. Leave us a five-star rating and a review. I see a lot of uh, rating and reviews in there, naming Chad and Zach by name. I, I want to see my name in there. I got it on the coffee mug already, but now I need to see it, Scott and myself in the uh, iTunes comments there. So make sure you guys are going out over there as well. Um, go to Scott's YouTube channel. Like I said, we're going to be talking there tomorrow at YouTube doc, or YouTube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. Uh, Scott, what's the rest of the day looking like for you? You got anything fun? Any reviews? Maybe some draft stuff starting to get uh, coming down just, the tracks? You know, just got to got just the grind. I've been, like I said, I've been posting a lot of the press conference clips, so you don't have to watch mm-hmm. 30 minutes of them or all that onto uh, the Mile High Huddle channel. So I'm going to try and drop three of those today. Mm-hmm. Most of the folks in here already know, know those things because uh, yep. you are – I like to say we're, we are the lunatic fringe of fan bases and we're the lead lunatics. Yeah. So we get it. Um, so we'll be working on that, doing some coverage. And then Tuesday, I think that means us Jamaica. So we've got some, uh, we've got some world cup qualifiers this afternoon, which will help kill some time on a, on a, on a lonely Tuesday with no football. Yeah. And Charles Pinster, uh, Iowa Hawkeye resident in here asking for Iowa, Illinois prediction. Um, really honestly this is going to be a physical game illinois has brett bielema now as their head coach they love to run with not only six offensive linemen in some sets but seven offensive linemen in some sets as well uh luckily for iowa they saw a team that whipped them in the trenches this last week in minnesota and they still ended up winning the football game so uh hopefully iowa can adjust to what illinois is going to want to do I'm expecting it to be low scoring though. And uh, hopefully the Broncos can get some, or the Hawkeyes can get some more explosive pass plays, but uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow on Scott's channel. I'll see you guys tonight on building the Broncos. I'll be uh, there too. I'll be behind Scott the scenes. Exactly. Uh, Carl will be Carl and I with Scott behind the scenes. We'll see you guys then everyone stay safe, be kind and go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.